and welcome to another episode of the Financial Success Show. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady. Joining us in studio today, my right-hand man, my confidant, my... I don't know what else you do. Happy New Year! Hi, Kirk. How you doing? Hi, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> He's alive. You survived New Year's Eve. No comment. <laughs> Hi, Mom. My young patriot. Anyhow, joining us as well today, we have a very special guest in the hot seat, someone we've been trying to get in the studio for quite some time. She's looking at me very apprehensively and... <laughs> Quite nervous, but we'll, we'll take it easy on you, Sam. I promise. So uh, joining the us, front of all the jokes, Sam. So you're good. <laughs> joining us today is uh, Samantha Batchin, mortgage agent. And uh, if I had two right hands, she would probably be the other one. So yeah. uh, thanks for joining us, Sam. How you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, Yay. good. Good to have you in the hot seat today. So <laughs> we uh, we got some exciting things. Black- we got uh, our Financial Success Summit coming up in uh, just over two weeks. Yeah, the 19th. Yeah, we've got a meetup next week with Hashem and Chaudhary happening on the 8th. Uh, the 8th, yep. 7.30 p.m. Yep, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. <laughs> 7 p.m., Jeff. Why, why? All right, never mind. I'll, I'll ask that question later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just wondering why we changed things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's actually on you. Oh, is that actually on me? Yeah. I, uh, I checked this morning. It said 7 p.m. And... Uh, yeah, we're at 7 p.m., so. It's always 7.30. Always. The last one was. 7.30? Hmm. I believe so, yeah. The last one was. Yeah. Yeah, this one will be 7, 7 p.m. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I survived New Year's Eve. I'm good. <laughs> That's a win. And Kirk starts off 2019 with a bang. <laughs> yes. That's my boy. Anyhow, are you my boy, Blue? Uh, <laughs> It's good to see you, buddy. Happy yeah, you 2019. Happy Samantha, 2019. how's 2019 treating you so far? Well, considering it's the third day in, I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's nice and quiet and relaxing. <laughs> Haven't uh, done any slip and falls. So. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. So you're expecting one? One, no. one every winter? No. no. <laughs> I, get a I, get, I get about At one good one every morning, winter. This morning, coming in here, I almost hit the building. In the car. In the car. In the car. I was barbecuing last night and I hit a patch of snow when I was running <laughs> to the barbecue. I almost went down like a Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> you say that joke so often. <laughs> and it's still funny. It, uh, it tiptoes on the line, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just to you. That's I can't true. just rewrite that's my true. material every day for you, Kirk. But you. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, thanks. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> We do love each other. We do. We really do. It's like my little brother that I never asked for. Yeah, Uh, but he got stuck with me anyways. (laughs) Anyhow, Sam, enough of the non-witty banter back and forth between me and Kirk. (laughs) Let's uh, let's hop right into it. I know you're nervous. I know you're uh, you're not used to being in the spotlight. But um, being that you are the person that's really the front man for the Blackthorn Mortgages and Investing Company, uh, we really wanted to get your feedback on what's going on in the market this year, what we can expect, any trends that you've seen. But uh, first and foremost, let's find out a little bit about you and, and how you got started and what you're doing now and what led you to, to work here at Blackthorn. Aside from harassing me with phone calls every day. 
Jeff, you said you wouldn't bring that up. No, I did not. <laughs> I, know, I, tried to, I tried to figure that out, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, no such promise. <laughs> so I actually got introduced to Blackthorn approximately two years ago. I had to take a course, and it was required that we do networking events. And my first networking event was at Blackthorn, where I met... Uh, Craig Dunkerley, and then I went to FSS where I met you on your birthday, and then um, 39th birthday. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> uh, so how I led to becoming a mortgage agent, I actually was in a relationship. It broke down, and I was looking for secondary income. I was actually going to go for my realtor's license because I love houses, and I what wanted. Year was that? Oh gosh. Who knows? It's the past. <laughs> so, so Sam, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? <laughs> six months of experience. Um, no. Uh, what what led me to it was um, I was going to go for my realtor's license. I found out the time frame, the cost, the amount of money it would take. Um, the amount of effort, working a full-time job, and then through talking to realtors, they said, why don't you go for your mortgage license? And I didn't think twice about it. I was just like, okay, considering costs and how much time it takes license. I did it, but then it was like overwhelming. It's like this responsibility. You're, you're talking mortgages, and it's the biggest loan of people's lives. And so I just kept quiet, and I had to do uh, personal development to actually get to where I uh, was. Luckily, I took an internship uh, with somebody wonderful and got uh, two years under my melt and just got inundated with different kind of deals. So that's how I evolved and made a phone call. Actually, we stayed in touch for the for two years. And then as soon as you said you were opening a brokerage. Uh... Well, business within a brokerage. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's stick Clarify. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh... Compliance. Yes. And then uh, c'est la vie, here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's absolutely been a pleasure working with you over the last, I guess, what, four months since yeah, uh, Craig and Jonathan and I teamed up on, on BMI. But... Um, Really, I want to get your feedback on the market and what you've seen over the last little bit. But let's start with, uh, you mentioned something that it's a pretty important distinction, and that is the difference between getting a real estate license and getting a mortgage license. Mm. My experience with that has been, <clears throat> well, let's put it this way. You could be a mortgage agent, yes, uh, sorry, a shoe salesman yesterday and a mortgage agent today. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about a little bit about the uh, the barriers to entry into mortgage agenthood? The barriers, or lack thereof. <laughs> well, I you know me very well. I I set a goal to have be licensed by my birthday. Made that decision early July. I was licensed by my birthday, which is in mid July. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I made a decision and. That's what happened. And then realtor's license, there's multiple courses. Um, it's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, two years to, to get a yeah, license. It takes about a year and a half, two and years, you have to work. how quick you do it. Yeah. When you, uh, if you pass the exams along the way mm-hmm. and 
It's a lot of educational cost as well. Yep, it's, definitely. I think it's approximately five, six per course. So yeah, I've heard ten to fifteen grand nowadays. Yeah, what did it cost you to get your mortgage? Yeah, I just did the mortgage side, and I, as soon as I saw the numbers go up, I was like, oh, this looks more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spent about five hundred bucks on my mortgage license. So. Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah, yeah. Now that's not to discount our no. ability to serve our clients. Let's no. let's not confuse cost with value. No. Um, personally, I, I had the option um, after working with one of my mentors, whether I was going to go real estate agent side or mortgage agent side. And for me personally, I was more interested in the finance and how the money worked than the actual real property. So I was delighted to find out the cost <laughs> when I had chose to go on the financing route. I, I didn't choose it based on the barriers to, or, or lack thereof barriers to entry. Um, what made you want to really stick out on the finance side? I just fell in love with it. Um, really <laughs> and truly just the customer experience. My first deal that was my own was my cousin. Um, to know that he was living with his mom, with a wife, four kids, fifth on the way, and to actually go through that journey and see the joy and achievement of getting his first home and me being able to finance it and going through the stressful process in between. And I was able to coach him through the process and bring down the stress. I was like, this is for me. I love working numbers. I love alleviating stress from people. And that's where I made a decision to stick it out. And this is for me. And that's why I said realtor was history for me. It, that was totally who I am. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, and we've been fortunate enough to team with Jonathan Tilger, who's been on the show a couple mm -hmm. of times. Yeah. What, uh, what has been your experience recently in the market? We know that there's a lot tighter uh, lending restrictions. You've been working very closely with Jonathan to build that side of the business. What, uh, what are you guys finding when it comes to qualifying people on the A side, B side, who qualifies, who doesn't? What's a good credit score? Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to start throwing questions at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, Do you guys want coffee? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I, it, it wouldn't matter what he asked. No, no, and that is actually question number four. I yeah. mean, so there's that. There's nothing. That's serious coffee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think it's double double. Oh, okay. You don't drink double double. I know. I just want you to leave. No. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Kurt. I couldn't. No, you're not. Was Anyways. Really <laughs> that was really funny. Oh, okay. Back to Sam. Sam, what have you found in the tighter lending? In the tighter lending market, what uh, what is it like trying to get somebody off the street qualified right now? In all honesty, it's very difficult. Um, the, the lending rules has reduced purchasing power significantly. The, like, Is it a good or bad thing? Little from column A, little from column B? I don't like the word good and bad. It just makes it more complicated and oh, difficult. Wow. How about fence sitting on that? It's yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> you know me well enough. Like It's just like, if I could squeeze out of it, I will, right? <laughs> um, it, it, it's challenging, and you really have to be confident with your, your client. You have to be confident with your lenders because they're your partners. And I have a 
great relationship with Jonathan where we all work together um, to, to do the best we can out of a complicated situation uh, with the lending rules. It makes it very difficult, especially for first-time home buyers, millennials, mm -hmm. um, people with little to no down payment. So it is, it is very hard. Yeah. But not impossible, right? Not impossible, but you really, education on what makes you qualify, you know I have trouble with the word no. Um, so if it's no right now, it's just not right now. So it's just taking that education, having the client follow the steps to get to the qualifying rate. Kirk, would you like to ask a question? I would love to ask a question. Can I? Seriously? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, he missed his opportunity. <laughs> no, Sam. Uh, what do people not understand when applying for a mortgage? What's the one thing people don't? Well, understanding the numbers, understanding the new lending rules, understanding, especially if somebody in the past got a mortgage a long time ago, how easy it was to now. Um, so it takes understanding the numbers that they are qualified for, what it means for their purchase price, and their ability. Really, So it's a lot of conversation with that client um, to go through that numbers to see what they could really qualify for. It's not just, I have this amount of money, this is what I wanna buy, and I'm going ahead. It's really, truly education that's missing uh, for clients nowadays. Can you explain the new down payment rules, or new-ish? Yeah. New down payment rules in terms of the five hundred thousand threshold, the million dollar threshold. I would leave that to Jonathan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, just the uh, the five percent down for the first five hundred thousand, ten percent for five hundred thousand and above. Yes, and twenty percent for any portion above a million dollars. That's I mean, that's, that's basically it. Yeah, and yeah. it's designed really to slow the market down, right? Yeah. Um, what people weren't talking about. And actually, one of the things that I learned from your seminar before you and I began working together was that during the 2017 feeding frenzy that happened in Toronto, about half of the, the deals that they were posting on TREB never actually closed because they couldn't get financing. Correct. And this is one of the reasons that the, the new down payment rules came out. And it's funny that nobody <coughs> really talks about the new down payment rules. They all talk about the B20 stress test. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny because that is still a challenge with the, um, like I see deals fall apart all day because of the down payment and the financing. And you just, like a year or two years ago where you could go in no financing condition, you can't do that now. Like 100%, I would recommend, in my opinion, uh, to have financing as a condition. He's 100% right, yeah. What are the benefits of working with a mortgage brokerage? The benefits is flexibility. Mm -hmm. I always tell clients I could go shopping for you. So I have options with a brokerage. I have multiple banks that I could go to. So not necessarily does the credit rating and uh, or the interest rate drive where you go to. Sometimes it's features, especially for investors. You look for portability. You look for um, open or closed mortgage. You, it's the, there's different features that you have. You can look for for pertaining to the client's story and what they need. So that's the benefit. 
the relationship building is definitely huge. As a brokerage, um, we're very involved with, well, I am, as a mortgage agent, I'm very involved with the client throughout the process, post, pre, and during. Um, so it's a different experience altogether, right? I would say, personally, that um, when somebody goes directly to a bank, they, they get offered what the bank has. That's it. Uh, I know personally, I was trying to close on a condo several years ago. I knew very little about real estate back then, and I went to uh, one of the major banks, and I won't say who they are, but their initials are IBC. I know. I can't rewrite every joke for you, Kirk. Okay, well, that one needs to be rewritten. I can't rewrite every joke. It's not even my joke. I know that. But you say it like every day. It doesn't matter. You ever watched. Uh, it's funny the first you, ever, time I heard. you ever watched Just for Laughs? No. No, on, no. on Comedy Network? No, I You'll used to. you see the same to, comedian no. doing the same. Yeah, that's why I don't watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fresh one. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, um, my challenge was that I went to RBC and I, I had, oh gosh, I think I was putting like 40% down too. Like that's, that was the dumb yeah, that's part. That's a big chunk of change. Yeah. Um, and because I was putting the money down, uh, I, I stuck with my real estate agent's recommendation to go to RBC. I didn't understand anything about the mortgage market at that time, and I was turned down because it was a micro condo and they wouldn't finance it. I had to put like 60% down to get it. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> um, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of getting a mortgage. Yeah. But what I didn't understand at the time is that just because RBC turned me down didn't mean that I couldn't get a mortgage. I thought I couldn't get a mortgage, so I actually lost out on the deal, which now has cost me a large amount of money because it was a downtown Toronto condo that was like $200,000 for a one bedroom oh. that was listed as a, as a, uh, a bachelor. <sighs> but <laughs> you live, you learn. Learning curve. <laughs> oh, I might even cry a little tear for you hence, there. Hence part of the reason I yeah. went into the finance side because I didn't understand that side. I get buying and selling of real estate. Yeah, there's lots of intricacies and things that you need to know and you need an agent for that. But the to me the financing is a far more intricate thing than the actual property because it becomes um each each property is going to have its own challenges don't get me wrong but once you get into the nuances of finances uh financing understanding all of the different conditions how long the terms are uh lender fees broker fees rates and how much conditions matter more than rates you kind of touched on it right there but everybody wants to talk about what's my rate? What's my rate? And you know my my response to that, right? Conditions matter more than rates. I will not discuss rates with a client. I discuss payment. I discuss conditions, 100%. Because another ongoing issue with today's market is property type. And in our experience, which you know, um, Banks are not lending on certain property types, mm -hmm. and especially trending. Or geographic locations. Especially geographic <laughs> locations. So, and that's where education matters. Um, and then interest rate. I always ask a client, uh, "Will you honestly know what your payment is if I tell you this interest rate?" I go, "At the end of the day, you're gauging your monthly expenses. It's the payment that matters, because we both know." 25 amortization and a 30-year amortization changes your payment significantly. Mm -hmm. So it's all about talking about the payment and what the objective and the goals of the clients are.
Yeah, that that right there is a huge statement. What is your what is your objective here? Mm-hmm. Um, which really dictates who you're going to take the mortgage to. Right. So let's go with that. A lender, B lender, privates. Let's talk about the difference between those ones. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So A lenders, obviously meaning A clients. Not necessarily. Oh, correct me. Not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> this is the benefit. I, just just really, I, I, I want to see where they go. Did anybody going. else see that or feel that? Like how the intense it just shift? got? Yeah. I mean, that's like, the... Oof, I'm going to... Step back here for this. I mean, credit rating, <laughs> credit rating does matter, but we've had clients that are business owners, and as you know, in this market, business owners have trouble going into the A side. Yeah. Um, now, you asked about the benefits of working with the mortgage brokerage versus the banks is relationships with those lenders, and sometimes we could get these things called exceptions, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's a beautiful thing, so it doesn't necessarily mean... A clients. What's the definition of an A client? Well, there is no specific definition, but I would say somebody with darn good credit. Yeah. No flaws on their credit history. Their score is decent. Yeah. uh, Well-paying and reliable income source. Right. uh, Preferably two of them in one house. Yeah. And low debt service ratios. Right. And in this population... Let's be honest. <laughs> Needle in a haystack, Sam? I mean, the bank's got to stay in business. <laughs> so, I mean, there's these beautiful things called exceptions, and it's our, it's my job, it's our job to tell a story about the client, to sell the client's history of of payability, the structure of them, and, and uh, just sell the client, right? So that's why I said not necessarily. All right, so what's the difference between an A lender and a B lender? So the B lenders are alternative banks when it doesn't qualify on the A side, right? Because we do try. A, do A banks have B sides? Some. Some do. Some do, which is great too, right? Because then we have options. Um, but the, the, so the B side has a little bit more flexibility in terms of these things called the mortgage ratios, right? Um, so sometimes we could go a little higher and sometimes we could, we just have more flexibility. There is an additional cost to B lenders, um, but sometimes depending on the client's story, it's worth it depending on what their objective is, depending on timeline, and depending on property type. So sometimes it's a, it's, it's a great um, affiliate to have when things cannot be done on the A side, because there's just, it's just, it is what it is, right? Well, it's also, you mentioned the, the no, not right, uh, no means not right now sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And that's where, you know, if you get a mortgage for three to five years with a B lender, you might be able to qualify in three to five years exactly. with a B lender. Exactly, and that's the relationship building that you're like, okay, let's set a goal. Let's see if you, you want to go on the A side in three to five years, and then you build that, right? And then you have to stay on top of your client to make sure they're on track. So what I'm actually understanding here is it's not a one and done. You're actually trying to work with them throughout the life of their well, throughout their entire life. Absolutely. That- Who doesn't want to save money, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You said something cool about working with a mortgage brokerage uh, relationships, right? Yeah. It sounds like it's a very personable or personal process. How do you build trust with somebody? <sighs> well, I'm a little eccentric. I'm very honest. Um, 
the way I see any type of relationship is like dating. So I'm if if Jeff were to come to me and say, you know, this is my story and uh, this this is my goal and I, I need a mortgage, I would be very honest. And I said, okay, well, it's going to be a rocky road. And I go, these are my challenges up front. Um, <clears throat> And uh, it would be a conversation, and it would be a very honest conversation whether I can or cannot do it. Um, if it's a smooth sailing, as Jeff said, a client, I'll be like, oh, this is a vacation. This is going to be a beautiful relationship, and, you know, we're going to have a happy end. So, but it, it's, it's, it's really having communication. It's being honest up front. Um, having all those communications up front is absolutely imperative. So we talked about A lenders, B lenders. When is it a good idea for someone to go to a private lender? <sighs> Privates. This, you know, you know, this is where I. I That's love your it. heart. Yeah. That's your I love heart. Private lending. I, I understand it very well, and and I'm just wondering, as a mortgage agent, because it's not off the table as an option. But you certainly want to make sure you got a strategy attached to it. Am I right? Yes, um, I can use a client as an example where. They didn't need. They they were gonna hold a property for one year, um, as an investment property, and they were gonna get a first mortgage on it. And I said it's not worth it. Why be locked in for three to five years? Get an open mortgage, pay interest only while that property is being rented out. It's covering it, and then exit right. So because it's open, you don't pay a penalty, and uh, it's it's. That strategy will work in that scenario. So when would be a bad idea to go to the private lending side? You never want to put a client in financial distress. So it depends, like some like if you're putting if it qualifies and you need extra money to do a second loan to back it up, um, and they're they're operating on two loans, two payments, and they can't financially handle it it's just not a good idea, right? You have to look at the scope and the financials of the client um, to, to make that decision. And it's extremely important for the client to understand what they're actually getting into. 100%. And that's, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, that's where a mortgage agent is, is extremely helpful in navigating uh, a client's situation because a lot of, there are, uh, we've heard the term predatory lenders out yeah. there who are in the loan to own business, you know, all they're trying to do is trap somebody into debt and eventually take their homes. Yeah. Private lending is uh, very unregulated, which is a little scary, but if you find a good private lender, they can be a heck of a partner for you. Yeah, and there's some great ones where um that where it's it's great because they understand that it's short term, you get in and out and it gives you that year to help the client get into the B side, to go into the A side, whether, depending on how quickly they execute. Um, private's a great means to for a short term alleviation, let's say, to get to the end goal. But it's not a stop gap if there's a gap in your funding. You can't, let's say you've got a million dollar mortgage, you don't qualify for that now under the new rules. Um, not a good idea to go go to a, a private lender for a couple hundred grand for the year, right? Unless you've got a way to get out at the end of that year. You have to have an exit strategy for sure. And like I said, privates can be really useful, really useful. Of course, like there's a process. You want to go A, B, and then private, right? It's just a step ladder. Um, Unless the strategy is less than five years, three years, or, you know, 
whether they want to get in and out, whether whether the objective is I don't want to have a mortgage and they're going to lump, they know they're incoming uh, a lump sum of money and they're, they're just like, I want to be mortgage free, then go private. Oh, it's open, you know, and get rid of it. So it, it really is a, a great tool and partnering with the right private lenders can be amazing. Uh, we've had great relationships with private lenders where it helped our clients in a time of need, for sure. Yeah, I've also seen it go the other way. I had a friend of mine yeah. recently call me uh, back in September and she had been put into a private mortgage that uh, she didn't understand. She was in an interest-only payment for one year. Yeah. When the mortgage came due, she didn't realize that she actually owed the same amount that she owed the year before. She, she was like, why? Why, would, why didn't my principal get paid down? I was like, well, let's take a look at this. And I see that she was in an interest-only mortgage. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why was this not explained to you? Yeah. And you, know, you talked about when is it a bad idea. It, that's a perfect example. When the interest is almost a mortgage payment, it doesn't make sense because absolutely. you want to put people into a private where it's interest-only, <clears throat> but they can actually build that bucket to actually generate paying off principal. Yeah. Right. So and save for a down payment or whatever the need is. So that has to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's the biggest tip, Sam, <clears throat> excuse me, that you could give somebody when they're out there shopping for a mortgage? Use an agent. <laughs> Again, with the bad jokes. Like, That's not a bad joke. That's, That's a bad joke. Using, using, well, again, it's like it's like dating. You know, you got to court people. You got to court to see if you can rely on the person. Are they going to communicate with you? Are they going to be honest with you? Is it going to be good news, bad news? Are they going to over deliver and over promise? These are huge. Everyone, I know as a client, you want to hear, yes, I could do this. But the truth of the matter is, in this market, that's that's uh, unreliable information, right? That's misrepresentation. Mm -hmm. The truth is, do you qualify? What do you want? And so that, it's like courting. You have to really understand if your agent is going to work for you. Right. So I would always say, is there a good chemistry between the two of you? Are they giving you enough information? Are they investing the time to pick up the phone and, and answer all your questions? This is a big responsibility, a lot of money. So those that 100% building that relationship with your mortgage agent is vital. I like it. Uh, you gonna ask more questions or? Sorry, Sophie was distracting me on the screen. There, he's playing around with something, I know, and I was like, "What? Fellow. What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What other questions can I ask you, Sam? Well, if you're gonna gap there, Jeff, I'll, what you uh, got? <laughs> I'll ask you about the difference between a lenders Fine. and credit unions. Well, that was a good one. A lenders and credit unions. I have not had the experience with a credit union personally. Okay. Um, I, we haven't had to go that route in the last couple of years that I've think I, I know it's a last resort so I personally don't have that experience I, I, I wouldn't know it as a last resort I, I do know um, I, the only reason I ask is because I had a friend uh, we speak we spoke about um, geographic locations not being uh, qualifying and a friend of mine who uh, lived in Hamilton and we know Hamilton's supposed to be this great market but at the time, she was applying for a remortgage. She already owned the home. She's owned it for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, she was trying to get a, a, a new mortgage on her home. And because of the specific part of Hamilton, mm -hmm. no lenders would touch her. And she ended up having to go with a uh, credit union that specifically serves Hamilton. 
and she did get uh, she did get qualified through that. But one of the things that I've recently read is that uh, because credit unions are typically uh, provincially regulated, they don't have to go through the same B twenty stress test because they're not federally regulated like the uh, the major A lenders. Yeah, I can't I can't speak on that. I think I would almost treat it like a B lender from from uh, thing. I, I really can't speak on credit unions. Okay. Yeah. We'll avoid that. I'll keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, back when you were talking about conditions, you said some places won't lend because of the condition or the property. What conditions are uh, the banks looking for where they will say, no, we're not going to lend here? I mean, <laughs> age of the property, um, property usage. Um, Best and highest use. <laughs> right. They look at the rental usage, if they're going to get the mortgage and the, like, does the income suffice the debt? Because at the end of the day, if you fault on your mortgage, the property is theirs. So they almost treat it as if they're going to own it. Right. So that that's what they look for is the value, age, square footage. So those are the type of... Uh, items they look for. It's something um, interesting to, to kind of add to that, and you recently experienced this with a client, is that more property does not necessarily mean more value. Yeah. Um, we had a, a, a client recently uh, purchase a farm, which was, I don't know, what, 33 acres or something like that, but they would only take in, into account five acres of the property for the actual value of the property. Property plus five acres, yeah. Yeah, which is, is pretty interesting that a bank wouldn't consider the other, you know, 28 yeah, or why would 30 they acres. <laughs> uh, because it's just, it's flat land, and they just, because A-lenders are extremely conservative uh, right now, and they're not into to lending out money on flat land because they know it doesn't produce any income or anything like that. Um, I found it very interesting personally that they would exclude some 30 acres of yeah, property really. from, from the mortgage, but, I, or from the value of it, sorry, not from the actual mortgage because they still won't own that property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember first getting into the mortgage business. I wanted to be unique, and I was looking at uh, specializing in farming properties. And it's just, it's such a unique niche market that you, there are brokerages specialized for farming specifically. And that's where the privates really get money, and then they have special arrangements. Um, but it is it, it is a very niche market that's very difficult. But, like, again, we were lucky with that client where we were able to get the property as an exception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is very cool. And I, yeah. I have dealt with uh, a number of properties uh, farm properties on the private side before, and it's... Uh, it's something that's not usually done. If it's not usually done, they don't touch it. Yeah. It's quick, in and out, will I get my money, and... Well, it goes back to the old saying about business, where there's problems, there's money, right? Yeah. Um, so if you can solve problems for somebody, there's there's lots of money to be made, and that's why the private lending space exists the way that it does today, because banks just aren't touching it. You know, I, I, I always like... Yeah, we go back to the GFC, the, the global financial crisis. And in 2008, 2009 in Canada, you could actually buy a home with zero money down. Wish you could do that now. Which is just crazy. <clears throat> I wish I had known that back then. <laughs> <laughs> and now that is just not the case. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> kind of praying for... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't even a mortgage agent. And looking into zero money down... 
What's your interest? Uh, what, like, do you really get money out of it? You really have to analyze the situation to see if zero money down is worth it. And in a lot of cases, it's, it's not, right? So. What could somebody do um, scenario? Let's say they have like a down payment, but they don't have enough of a down payment. Is there something that you can do to help them to get a little bit more of a down payment to get qualified for a mortgage? I'm a big believer in not using mortgages to to fix that situation. I'm a big believer in cash flow edu education. And if you educate your clients right in terms of managing their expenses and their lifestyle and living within their means, but still enjoying life, then you have a long-term client who can become an investor. And, and that's the missing nugget, I feel, that's huge. Um, so if you could educate them where by the way, you actually have down payment, but this is your plan. This is what you would have to do. Are you willing to make the sacrifice? Then the then that onus is on them to see if they're going to put in the work. I mean, I had a client came in the office the other day saying, I need to refi and I, I, I want to do this and do that. And I have all this debt. So when we did the analysis, I go, you're actually in a pretty good position. And we had a conversation and in six months, she's going to be fine. Wow. Without me even doing any work, not getting a deal, but she's happy. She, she it's not going to cost her anything. So conversations are a big component to this job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And, and there is no better feeling than seeing the relief on somebody's face once they understand like, oh my gosh, my financial world is not collapsing. It's actually in... <laughs> pretty decent condition if I just restructure things. Yes. You know, that's, uh, I, we've seen that a few times in, in recent days, which is pretty cool. Yes. Credit score. What's a decent credit score nowadays? 680. <laughs> wow. 680. <laughs> I actually read that today. <laughs> yeah, 680. Um, credit score can demotivate people from applying for a mortgage, especially millennials. Mm, yeah. Um, it's a, <laughs> should we ask him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure it's, good. It's I was going to say, good. I'm sure it's a heck of a lot better since you started working here. It is. Better yeah. Than, yeah. 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 The truth of the matter is if you could get up to 650 and depending on your debt service ratio and your income, of course, you can get a mortgage. Um, will it cost you more? Possibly. But Strive for always strive. Your credit score is like a report card of who you are, right? It, it really tells you. Um, oh, that makes so much sense. That's why I was so terrible at it for so long. <laughs> I hated school. I, 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 I was actually literally just going to say that. You know, like, huh, you're actually so when I was in student, school. You know, yeah, solid C. You're actually great personality, though. You're actually going to you're actually going to hate what I'm going to say next. Like, if you could actually, if you were again dating, like, say to someone, you know. What's your credit score? And give me your credit credit report, and it, it'll tell you whether date? they're qualified to date you or not. Right? So, <laughs> I is that, mean, is that what you do? Say when you go out on a date. Uh, so what's your credit, credit score? score? <laughs> no, that's not what I do. But it really, it really, and I and I say this to people like it really defines your habits. It really defines what your expenditures are. Like you could really tell a person who they are by their credit report. 
But just because you have a bad one now, the great thing about credit reports, and this is what a lot of people don't know, it's so easy to fix. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculously easy to fix. Within three months, you will see the growth and it just... Yep. providing you you filter those little habits or whatever and pay attention people fear their credit report and if you embrace it and you challenge it and you fix it it really can be a beautiful thing and it's so motivating when you see the increase in the score and there's so many tools available borrowwell.ca creditkarma.ca my favorite yes. yeah that's what i use. Well, i i personally like borrowwell because it actually You're wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, so Jemmy, Jemmy, we both know how this goes. Anyway. Uh, yes, you're right, Jemmy. That's what you say, you're right. <laughs> Borowell, it, it kind of is, is a, a feeds off of Equifax, which as mortgage agents we use more than anything, right? I use Equifax. Equifax is more... Uh, is what we use, so that's why I, I encourage people to go to Borrowwell versus car- Credit Karma. Credit Karma uses Equifax too. Uh, credit unions. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, no, <laughs> so, I, 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 I. Is it Credit Union or TransUnion? TransUnion. Yeah. TransUnion. They might use TransUnion. Yeah. yeah. TransUnion um, is more detail of your credit report and may give you a higher score, so that's why I like Borrowwell. It's uh, it's very interesting. Something that uh, a lot of people may not understand is that what you or I are able to see on a credit report is far different than what you'd be able to see on your own credit report. If you were to, to ask TransUnion or, or uh, mm-hmm. Equifax for a credit report, I can see what you did in like grade seven. Uh, you cannot. What? And it's oh yeah, it's it's what is it? Seven years of detail. Uh, I've seen it even further back on my own. That, I pulled that, my own credit report, and it's like if it's whoa. TransUnion, it's very it's it goes it's a couple of pages. Yeah. Equifax, um, it's usually within a couple of years for sure. Jeez, when I was a teenager, it must have been like a horror story for yeah. me. like well, it, it lists oh, where geez. your previous address is, your yep. employment, like. Wow. And yeah. and this is where it's different to understand. Uh, this is where it's important to understand the difference between credit score and credit history. Yeah. Because credit score is just the number that you have now. Your credit history can show all the blemishes you have from before. Yeah. You know, and then that's why it's so important to monitor that credit score. Like you said, uh, embrace it. Uh, I know definitely that that a part of what we do here at Blackstone is helping people get a relationship with things like their money and their credit score. And and I check mine monthly with, uh, geez, I haven't checked it in January yet. Uh, (laughs) But I check my my credit score monthly now. Not that, you know, not that there's any reason that I absolutely have to, other than I like seeing that number. Yeah. Like I said, it becomes motivating, especially everyone goes through life. There's no such thing as a perfect walking yellow brick road. Um, There is such thing as an R9. Don't don't do talk that. about that. Don't do an R nine <laughs> ever. Yeah, no. Uh, okay. Do you know? <laughs> my my twenty year old self was not as bright as my forty year old self. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's the great thing. Your your forty year old self like can look back mm-hmm. and say, "What an achievement! Look how far I've come." That's why I say a credit report is such a great tool if you use. It for what it's what it's for, right? Um, for yourself, and it's just like goal setting. You know, it really is a great tool. I am such a nerd with credit reports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's delve into that nerdism uh, real quick. We're, we're just about out of time, and it goes fast, right? Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Two minutes. <laughs> Hit him for me, Sam. Don't do it, Sam. <laughs> Don't do it. No. no um, 
what uh let's i'm gonna put a spin on right. uh two truths and a lie maybe no oh yeah uh, no yeah, yeah. no um okay. what are your number two <laughs> what are your number two tips for uh creating a better credit score and your number one tip for not screwing it up oh nice spin it's like an angled forehand smash. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I've, I've had the pleasure to help out um, a friend of mine with their credit score. Pull your own credit. Pay the $25, not the free one. Pull the actual $25 report to start. What I have did with, with my friend... We went through it, and the pain, like, you could actually see, like, the stress and the sweat go, um, is we went through it, and I made a checklist, and I said, do this, this, and this, and then next week we'll meet. And you know me, I'm a little bit of a control freak, and I nag, and I, but you know what? She raised <laughs> her credit score by 100 points. Sophie, can we get a look at Jeff's face there? <laughs> Keep a poker face. I'm not making any comments. Yeah, all right. Um, but she's in a great position, and you know, being from the 500s to now being in the 600s, she's like, that was so easy. Um, but for people to do it on their own, it's not. It's not easy. If you need a friend and doing accountability, or it's like working out with someone, or right? even you know, contact me and I'll do it for you, no problem. Like with, not for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? It, it's sometimes you got to partner up with somebody to really go to war for your own financial battles. Now, what's the worst thing that somebody could do to, uh, to, to mess with their credit report? Well, I mean, human beings are creature of habit. Um, sometimes you get comfortable with all the success. And they, it's like, oh, I got this. And then they cycle back into their consumer habits. So you really have to be on track, set goals. And, you know. Just don't spend more than you make? Yeah. Is that really yeah, like? Yeah. <laughs> it's that 70-30 rule, you know. Save 30% and live off of uh, the 70 with. That sounds a lot easier than it actually is nowadays, but... Um, it can be done, and I, I'm a true believer anything can be done. You just have to focus and be mindful and really focus on what your end goal is, and it can be done. And what we've found working with a lot of clients is that um, a lot of times it's just structure yes. that can allow them to do that 70-30 rule. Yes. You know, where you're carrying debt in one spot, and you're carrying credit over here, and if you just kind of flip them around... You got a heck of a lot better shot at getting to the next spot in your life as opposed to staying where you're at. Absolutely. So, thank you so much for joining us, Sam. We are out thank of time. Uh, any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Yeah. You I mean, have fun today. Pull your credit score. Pull your credit score. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If yeah. you're just starting out, make sure you do that. Uh, pay the twenty-five bucks. Uh, they do offer them for free, but there's a catch to it where it, you have to mail it in. It's like two weeks, and just pay the twenty-five bucks. <laughs> Uh, I've gone through it. I have to. I paid the twenty five dollars. Yeah. It's uh it's extremely important. So thanks a lot, Sam, for joining us today. Really appreciate you coming in. Uh, you. I know it was short notice for you. Uh that's you know, lots of great information for people to help them understand their credit scores and, and of course if you need any uh any help with your mortgage, you can always uh email Samantha at Samantha at Blackthorn Group dot com. 
and uh, she's either in her, in our office or uh, running around town servicing clients to the best of her abilities. Yeah. She's a busy lady, but she will get back to you immediately. I know uh, firsthand that uh, you're very good at getting back to people, so I appreciate that all the time. Kirk. Yes. Any final thoughts? Um, Anything we missed? Yeah, you know what? Replace her windshield wipers. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Get your oil you changed. Stuff like that. You chose him. He, he did choose me. Sorry. I think we're all having a different conversation <laughs> he here. Did. A little bit. <laughs> Although I did both of those things on the weekend. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> weird. Yeah, uh, it is weird. It's like we share a brain sometimes. I want it That's back. Scary. <laughs> Again, thank you for joining us in studio. Samantha Batchin, accredited mortgage professional, mortgage agent extraordinaire, mortgage maven. Ooh, there's a good one. Taz. <laughs> and Kirk. Yes. Thanks for joining us, Kirk. Hey, don't worry, man. <laughs> Happy to be here. I'll be back next week. Oh. <laughs> I do love you. Anyhow, uh, join us next week, uh, always 3 p.m., uh, mm -hmm. Facebook Live. And then, of course, we distribute to our, our email list and all our, our different social media channels. You can find us now on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I found us on Spotify. It was so cool. Oh, I know. It's, it actually was yeah, really cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. I You nerd out on credit reports. I nerd out on technology. Uh, <laughs> all right. And it's now 10 to 4. So, uh, again, thank you very much for joining us, Sam. Uh, we have our financial success summit coming up uh, February 19th, where, of course, we have... January. January sorry, 19th. January 19th, where, we, of course, we have Claudia Harvey joining us, the CEO of Digit Apparel. Our CEO, Craig Dunkley, is going to be speaking there. Jonathan Tilger, our uh, broker partner for or Blackthorn Mortgages and Investing. And we have a new addition, uh, Vanessa Smith from Mint Worthy is going to be joining us there as oh. well. Uh, so it'll be a very exciting day. It's 9 to 5. If you have any questions about that, feel free to, to email Kirk, K-I-R-K, at blackthorn-group.com. He can get you hooked up, or you can go to paylesstaxbook.com to get all the information. Uh, Sophie, do we have a site up for the Financial Success Summit as well? Or Yes, we do. Uh, we can. Oh, he might just actually pull it up on the screen. No. It's uh, financialsuccesssummit.com. Thanks, Kurt. No worries. Yeah. Way to, way to finish it off strong, buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> as always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady, joining you from Blackthorn offices here in Brampton. See you next Thursday at 3 p.m. Thank you, Samantha, for joining us. Thank you, Kirk, for everything you do. And uh, we'll no see you next week at 3 p.m. Have a great day.